The following is brought to you by the SJP World Media Network. doing Max are you good yeah I'm doing good uh, happy Independence Day to all our American viewers America. Um, yeah. America we're happy to share your pride in in getting rid of us as your controlling power <laughs> yeah yeah we didn't want you anyway to be honest <laughs> yeah we'd had enough <laughs> yeah to be honest, some of the stuff that's gone on in the news in the last 20 years, quite glad to get shot here, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But there we go, mate. There we go. It's warm up here again, Magsy. I'm sweating again, mate. It is here. It's the start of a, a mini heatwave, apparently, for the, for the UK. So, so that'll be the end of our summer, won't it? Next week's JRS, <laughs> we may be here in our birthday suits. Suits me, pal. Suits me. Ugh. Camera cuts off there, look, so I'm alright. You don't see that, you know. You don't see any of my uh, my oddly shaped body. <laughs> Same with me. Just a head. Just a head. Just a head. Good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you may be listening or watching from. This is Chain Wrestling Live with Max and Sai, a Radio Tech production. I am Sai, and with me as always is the Day of Independence, to my lack of attendance. My school report was shocking, Maxi. I didn't go to art for three whole months, and they didn't even notice. I, I, that's how much I hate that. Andy got an A. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't. I didn't get an A, but there we go. He is the Goldberg streak to my poor physique. 
I mean, my arms aren't too bad. My shoulders are okay. You know, my legs are quite toned, but it's just my belly. If I wear you... brown trousers and a red t-shirt, I look like a toffee apple. You've got lovely front calves, I have heard. I, the front calves, I have indeed. I have indeed. <laughs> <laughs> he is a podcaster who is always the hometown hero in any place he lays his little baseball cap down. The podfather himself, Lord Mags. How are we doing, sir? I am doing okay, I suppose. It's been uh, a nice, quiet week. UFC and Money in the Bank was on this weekend. I didn't even realise Money in the Bank was on. I was reminded by uh, our good friend, Mr Ray Cash. So I had dual screen watched that this weekend. And uh, I don't know if you can see in the background there, but I have a replay to my PlayStation. So it's now Ooh. all black. Oh, nice, nice. We've we haven't got a hole in our uh, kitchen roof anymore. Well, it's just you've gone like full just no, they, outdoor they, they, kitchen. They finally, <laughs> after what what was it November? It started. They finally come out and fixed it, mate. Finally, we've still got somebody to come out and do the bathroom tomorrow. But yeah, look at that. It's all looking up in the Powell House. I know, mate. It means basically now somebody can take a shower. And if you're making a sandwich, you won't get wet. <laughs> but that is a uh, that was a cool invention, a dual shower. If someone upstairs is having a shower, you can also it's like sharing the bath water, kind of. Yeah. Except uh, being drizzled on with dirty shower. And it, it probably is equally water. as equally as gross, isn't it? Let's be honest. Well, yeah, especially if you're eating, say, a bottle of cornflakes at the kitchen side, and what? You... <laughs> what? And you just get some. Yeah, it goes through all the plaster and the mank and the drapes. Oh, and comes down Jesus! On you. you know, and Jesus like me, wept. the missus, uh, well, both my, all the, the girls who live here, everything. We all... And there's Saz audio play, uh, internet playing up. He's just got brand new gigabit internet as well. And you are back. Am I back? Am you I back? are back. Yes. No, you were. I am back. Right. Okay. Oh, Jesus wept. You're into Am I back now? You are back, for the love am of I God. Back? I am back Yeah. Now. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Okay. I'm just double-checking, mate. I'm just double-checking. <laughs> it's crap. Virgin Media need to kiss my ass. They sent me this new modem. It doesn't sync with the, the boosters that are up here to sort of help where I'm recording and so on. It's fucking shite, mate. And I'm sick of Virgin Media. They're a pain in the ass. I mean, I have nothing but good things to say about them. Since I got gigabit uh, internet, it's been the best. <laughs> yes. Well, there we go. Um, shall we jump into the chat, mate, and have a look? Uh, have a look what we got there. Yes, we shall, and for our 50th episode, it's a pretty bumper. We've got um, Total Steve, who doesn't normally drop into the chat, but he's, uh, he's coming to uh, congratulate us and say he'll be listening on the audio version. Well, we thank you, Steve-O. You're a, yeah, a star, fine, as always. Sharon, it's Monday night. You know what that means. And Matt Willis, happy 50th. Uh, FIFA Connor in the chat. Hello, sir. Um, Dan Griffin, evening, folks. How are we all? Tom Collier, another uh, another star in our in our little wrestling sphere. Uh, congratulations on hitting 50. Uh, really happy to see how Texas is going for you all. Uh, thank you very much, sir. We appreciate that. Matt tried to push for a, a likes back. Uh, he's, he's one of the best cheerleaders we could ever, ever, ever hope for. Um, FIFA Connor is getting a little bit turned on by us uh, in imagining <laughs> us in our <laughs> birthday suits. Uh, 
Connor no soccer. Hello, sir. How are you? I uh, hope you've got your football shirt on this time. Um, Dan Griffin, happy fourth, everyone. Bold Eagle and Freedom Pars all around. Hello, sir, to Scottish Danny. Uh, and thanks again to, to uh, Dan Griffin for the for the uh, praise on 50 episodes. Um, Ryan uh, Nishka saying that I'm assuming it means you because he certainly doesn't think I am a legend. And then... <laughs> Young Charlie, hello, hello, hello. How are you, Charlie? Um, Monday night chain from Scottish Daddy. This porridge just uh, can you imagine <laughs> like just link shower gel dripping into your porridge? Jesus oh, Christ, not good, mate. Not good. Matt and Scottish Danny are both agreeing with you that Virgin Media mm. can kiss ass and and are the bane of the of, uh, chair wrestling. Charlie, the fiftieth episode. How could how could I miss it? Well, you haven't. You're absolutely here. Um, and then I feel like I should be on YouTube. But happy fiftieth, and Mags is a legend. Well, ah, in his own go, in his own household, maybe. <laughs> oh, mate. So then, so then, how was money in the bank? I know nothing of it. Um, I I focus mainly on UFC. Uh, I had um, uh, Money in the Bank basically on mute on the the second screen. And it wasn't too bad. Uh, I mean, they they lost, obviously, the big draw of Cody Rhodes, who was meant to kind of, the plans, I think, was he was to win and then go on to to face Roman. Uh, But for something that was fairly booked on the fly, it didn't do too bad. It was... It, there was nothing that was remotely um, bad booking. Some of the matches were pretty good. Uh, I thought that um, Nate versus um, Ronda Rousey was a particularly good match. Um, the women's ladder match was a little bit botchy, but she did. Uh, Liv Morgan did get the flowers that with a lot of wrestling fans have waited for her to get so long that she's always been on the edge of that push, and now it looks like she's got it. She ended up, obviously, spoiler alert for people who didn't uh, watch, she cashed in uh, a beat Ronda Rousey and then got the praise from Ronda Rousey as well afterwards. So Liv Morgan is now the SmackDown champion. Um, yeah, so it was a, not a bad show all around. Not the best, but certainly not the worst. Ah, okay. I, mean, I do need to check it out because I'm supposed to be speaking to somebody about it later in the week for a show. So I will have to okay. sit and watch it at some stage. But I, t- I didn't realise it was on the Saturday. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I saw a tweet from Benny, uh, Benny Mack, our buddy there, putting a tweet out about the show, saying that you know it it, it had already happened and it was an up and down pay per view. I was like, hang on, this this is Sunday morning. When did this happen? I didn't I didn't realise it was on the Saturday. Yeah, uh, like I said, I didn't know. I didn't even realise it was Money in the Bank week. That's how out of the out of the the wrestling sphere I am. Um, and I was uh, talking to Ray about UFC, and he said, "Are you which are you watching live? UFC or or Money in the Bank?" So I, I just popped UFC on uh, the main screen, and then Money in the Bank on the on the secondary one. You're breaking up loads for me there, mate. I'm going to have to just do something different for my connection. Hang on a sec. So your internet, again, is terrible. Uh, but yeah, uh, Austin Theory, yeah. he was uh, kind of one of the stars of the show as well. Um, lost in the, the the match with Bobby Lashley, but ended up being inserted into the men's uh, ladder match and winning the whole lot, uh, which a lot of people are not happy about. Why well, I said, don't mind that. I mean... Rumours of his uh, transgressions aside, I think the fact that they're um, 
WWE are trying to make some new stars, and Austin Theory is obviously getting a massive push. Um, I think that that's a good thing. Liv Morgan getting the push is also a good thing. So uh, yeah, I, I wasn't I wasn't um, upset of the of the pay per view. Um, Ryan saying all WWE uh, events are now on Saturday f- uh, for this year, so that's awesome. Oh, and, uh, Matt from Five Nerds Go, uh, Pork's uh, Nishgar's bum. Come on, we'll have less of that guy. Uh, and I think someone is in my ass. Jesus <laughs> wept. See, I went away for a little bit then because my internet was playing up again, but now I'm running this via my phone, so hopefully I won't have too many issues going forward. So I missed all <laughs> this, and I come back just to hear you say, I think someone's in my ass. Well, I don't. That was definitely from Ryan. I do not think anybody's in my ass. Just, just to clear the record. <laughs> Okie doke, mate. Okie doke. Um, I suppose I should really, you know, get, put, give a bit of news. I guess as to what's been, what I've been up to, and what's been coming up. What's coming up later in the week? And I, I sort of spilled the beans on Bang Bang podcast this morning when it came out. If anybody listened to that earlier in the day you know monday mornings isn't it bang bang comes out and and they had a bit of an exclusive on there i guess because i hadn't talked about it anywhere else beforehand but people may be noticing um a few things on twitter and social media and so on about effectively different shows and so on um i'm by the end of the week hopefully my own network will be up and running and Pretty much everything I do audio-wise will be going across to that network. So that would include the Chain Wrestling Podcast version, the Doctor Who pod, uh, Nitro Nights, all these sort of things. I mean, some of them will still stay on Visionaries Global Media, Nitro Nights, etc., and so on as well. But pretty much everything else I'm involved in will go across there. There will be new shows <laughs> debuting as well. Uh, one or two involving myself. One involving my good lady wife as well. She's uh, d- making her, not her podcast debut, but her podcast hosting debut, I guess, because it's going to be a regular show that Sharon and I are going to host together. Uh, the waiting room will be restarting back over on SJP World Media. It's going to be referred to as, is, as a fortnightly show. Uh, we have a podcast coming from the States called Regularly Scheduled Hostilities with uh, Chuck, Yvonne, and Josh, the three hosts there. They review WWE m- product, modern product at week by week, SmackDown and Raw every week and so on, which is something that I don't look at myself. So that that ne- that corner of the wrestling world will also be covered for everybody on the network as well. Uh, we will have Benny Mac coming across with a few of his shows as well. A new one from him also sp- looking specifically at the WWE pay-per-views, modern ones as they happen, and then older ones every now and again for special edition episodes also. And we've also got somebody who we all know very well starting their own podcast up for the network. But I'm not going to mention any names or spill the beans on that because this individual is still working away on their ideas and so on, but that will be coming very soon as well. So I would like everybody, please, to go and follow at SJP World Media on Twitter. Uh, it's quite simple to find. Most of you might be following it already because I just changed the old account. I'm not going to lie. But um, <laughs> <laughs> you can also find the details just by following me on Twitter at SJP Words as well. The first show to come out on the new network will be uh, a solo recording, just me on my own talking through what, what's going to happen on the network going forward, um, when things will be happening date-wise and so on. That should be with you, I believe, Thursday morning, UK time. And then a few hours after that, shows will drop Thursday lunchtime, afternoon, 
hour time and that'll probably include the chain wrestling audio version which will be a day late this week because of the changes going on with what i'm doing um i want to make it absolutely clear before anyone starts being a knobhead about it this is nothing no, no slight at all on any other network i've been involved in or any other person who has helped me in the past for example visionaries techers or anything like that uh, and to be honest I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for the support of those people. Mags, Tanner, Matt, and everyone involved at Radio Techers have been hugely supportive in my podcasting oh, journey, as cheesy as it sounds, I guess. Um, and when I mentioned to Tanner, especially that this is what I was going to be doing, he was, again, hugely supportive with what I was. And, and he said he was very excited to see where I was going with stuff as well. So, yeah, so that's that's my I suppose my big news that if you've not listened to Bang Bang podcast this morning yet, first of all, why the hell not get on that? It's an amazing show. But secondly, there we go. It's you know this is this is my new news pal. Yeah, exciting for you. Um, um, I will say, uh, and you'll you'll know from obviously knowing how what I went through. Pace yourself. Uh, don't put too much pressure on yourself to to um, put out uh, content because that's when it stops being fun. But I am oh, yeah. massive. Yeah. I am massively proud of you from uh, from being a part of your journey from from literally day one, from the first ever kind of like foray into podcasting uh, to see where you've gone and where you've grown, and for you to have your own network it's amazing i'm so proud to to be a part of that journey i'm so proud to to see you blossom in this and i think i, I said on on that uh uh whether it was on the recording or afterwards this is something that i could totally see you doing uh and and you you've way way kind of um exceeded any expectations or any kind of like uh thoughts of of how far you will go on this uh yeah i'm, I'm ever so proud of you Mate, honestly, that means so much coming from you as well. When you said it's, it's literally right from day dot with what I've been doing, and and that's true, it is. It's the first podcast I was ever on was hosted by yourself, and that's how we obviously got in contact. You reached out to me about coming on as a guest. My very first podcast was you coming on my show, so that so that was the very first one I ever did on, of my own show as well, and obviously chain wrestling, fifty live episodes, thirty odd audio. I mean, we're fast approaching our 100th episode 100 forward to very much so also also on that note by the time the network opens up and is get, gets going properly there will be links being shared left right and center with merch for pretty much every show i'm involved in so if you want a wee woo beat boop you hogan you absolute <laughs> hogan in it <laughs> You want a wee wee beep boop Doctor Who pod T-shirt? There will be one. You want, uh, you, you want a pimple dick T-shirt? You want a Hall of Lane T-shirt? All sorts of chain wrestling merch. There will be some. You want Nitro Knights tops? Everything. They're going to all be there. So yeah, buy it because I'm poor, and that's the way it works. So that's what we're doing. Yeah, but no, honestly, Maxi, it means a lot. You you saying those those kind words, mate? I really appreciate it. And yeah, I'm as oh, I said on Bang Bang, as I said on Bang Bang. Uh, the other night which came out today crazy nervous but crazy excited at the same time so <laughs> yeah hopefully hopefully people will enjoy what, what what's coming out i mean it's not gonna dramatically change what i'm recording myself it's just a few other bits and bobs i'll be working around as well to get stuff done and, and so on so yeah very exciting very exciting but also pretty nervy and 
you know, yeah, and shitting myself. Always, always remember <laughs> you've got. You always remember you've got a massive community that you can reach out for for help, and we would all do anything. Drop uh, everything at the, uh, the drop of a hat to come and help you. So, um, yeah, yeah no, we're all behind you on this. Awesome stuff. Thank you so, so much. Really appreciate it. Ah, uh, Magsy, before I sort of well up and get emotional of all your kind words, mate, shall we throw some crap away into the uh, Hall of Lane this week? Yeah, we shall. I've going through all the comments then, I, f- I forgot where the video was, but let's do it. <laughs> the That's very apropos. More <laughs> apropos than you think. Is that nice oh. today? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Spill the beans, my friend. Okay. So this one, this entry was actually inspired by Money in the Bank. Like I said, uh, I had it on uh, the on the second screen. I was kind of like sad eyeing it, um, and I mentioned that uh, one of these competitors had a fairly decent match uh, against uh, Ronda Rousey. So. This week's entry for me is uh, is wrestling royalty, essentially. It's uh, Natalia Nardhart. <laughs> Let's go back to around 2011, 20, uh, late 2011, early 2012. Uh, Nate was in a, a tag team called the Divas of Doom um, with uh, Beth Phoenix and their whole gimmick was going around kind of essentially beating up all the rest of the women uh, essentially bullying them um, but as, as WWE tends to do with uh, with uh, tag teams there's always one who's going to be the star Beth Phoenix there's always one who is kind of going to get dropped by the wayside and that unfortunately was 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 natty but with natty being um as i said wrestling relative it's not she wasn't just going to fade away into the background they were uh, obviously going to have a gimmick ready prepared for her now if we know one thing about vince apart from that he's a a bit of a philanderer um is that he he loves toilet humor he finds nothing funnier than uh, bodily functions, then pushing people in pools, then uh, making a coach cry because he thinks he's going to be arrested by the police. <laughs> but he loves, he loves farts. He loves fart gags. So who doesn't? Though? He who doesn't. One fart gag is funny at the time. Yes. Um, so he gave Natty uh, the gimmick where. She brought wind, uh, and it started, I believe, um, <laughs> when she <laughs> she was um, um, trying to angle for a, a match against Aksana, who was uh, with Teddy Long at the time. And uh, whilst uh, doing this promo, she dropped a pack. Uh, now, hilarious, absolutely hilarious. Watching them back today, um, I, I couldn't stop laughing. And then they they bring in one of the best uh, kind of com- com- comedy wrestlers in in the the company at that time, Santino Morella. He walks in and smells it, and he's like, oh, oh, "It's all it's in my mouth. Oh, it's in my mouth." 
But things like that start to get a little bit boring. Uh, they kind of... Uh, Vince over-eggs the pudding. Uh, he doesn't know when enough is enough. Um, so Natty started losing matches, uh, getting rolled up all the time to make her the weak link in this in this tag team. There is a... Um, uh, there's a vignette where uh, Nate and uh, Beth Phoenix are doing stretches in the corridor for some reason. And Nate just one, yep. drops a pack again. <laughs> and San- Santino, uh, Santino walks into it and ends up throwing up in a bin. Um, there is a, there's a, a backstage bit with Tass and Kid where he's commenting on how it's it's natural but disgusting and she thinks she's talking about um her t- talking too much when she's nervous and he's obviously talking about her dropping her guts so again she drops her guts there um and <laughs> poor hornswoggle walks past breathes oh, it in and collapses <laughs> <laughs> and she blames <laughs> she <laughs> she blames uh Tars and kid for it then they started doing it in matches, uh, and then the commentary team started to comment on it. And there's a there's a, a part where Booker T tries to blame it on protein drinks, saying that it given a irritable irritable bowel syndrome. Um, it did slowly kind of like fade away, and after I think it actually only went on for about a month or so, but it actually led to. Um, Natty turning face because in a in a spot with Eve Torres who was a who was a heel at the time she dropped a pack and smiled and the crowd loved her for it so um, it it helped her in that way uh, to drop her guts but yeah going in uh, to the Hall of Lame for me this week is uh, farting Natalia Nardhart oh and it was terrible. It was. I mean, it like was. you said, Magsy, it's that same scenario. I suppose it happens with pretty much everything in wrestling. It's brilliant or funny or whatever for a moment, but it gets overdone mm-hmm. and basically flogged till it's dead, isn't it? And then this was, yeah. yeah. Well, well worth the spot in the Hall of Lane, mate. Well worth the spot in the Hall of Lane. That's a great shot. Oh, dear. Yes, terrible, terrible, terrible. Uh, it will surprise absolutely no one that I'm going to WCW again this week. And it's Barry Windham. Uh, and this week, it's not Barry Wind. Stop it with Barry Windham, will you please? It's not going to happen. Barry Windham's the new Black Jack. That's the stalker. <laughs> uh, they, they, to be fair, they do deserve it. No, no, because no, Barry Windham's great. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go to August of '99. Uh, Maxie, do you like a little bit of rock and roll, mate? Do you like a bit of hard rock? Not if I think oh, it is man, what I, if I think if it is what I think it is, then no, I don't like it. Uh, okay, it probably is what you're thinking. The hottest band in the world. 
as the intro goes. In August of 99, the WCW, well, it's Eric Bischoff's idea, but he actually left the company around this time, so he didn't see it through. But he came up with the plan to effectively license the images and, and the get-up and the face paint and so on of the incredible band Kiss. I'm a massive Kiss fan. I, I love Kiss. I've seen them live several times. Just in, insanely good. However, this was not insanely good at all. Gene Simmons handpicked out an individual, apparently, who he said should be the guy who plays the demon in WCW television. Because he wasn't very big, they initially debuted Brian Adams in the role. He ran a mile when he realised it absolutely stank and they weren't going to go nowhere. We even had Kiss performing live on Nitro. They closed off an episode of Nitro when the de- when the demon character made well, his that, that, and he came. That was the the main part of the contract. The contract was to get uh, Kiss to do a uh, a gig. Yeah, uh, and they yep. want Gene uh, Simmons wanted the wrestling character as part of the, that deal. Yes, but this is the thing as well. It, that's not where it ended. You know, uh, on on screen, yes, but initially it was supposed to be part of a group called the Warriors of Kiss, and there was mm-hmm. going to be four of them. There was going to be one per character in Kiss. Oh my goodness! But but the scene when when the demon debuts, the character who's going into the Hall of Fame from me this week, the Kiss demon, when when he when he debuts, that's actually quite cool. Kiss are performing, obviously lip syncing very very badly. You know, performing away, and then they're playing God of Thunder, which is an absolute belter of a record. And then the demon character comes up in this massive casing, opens up, stands there, looks incredible. Nitro goes off the air. It's like, whoa, okay. Cost tens of thousands of dollars to get Kiss to perform, to get the licensing rights to the image, the 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 is intellectual property, I believe it's called, isn't it? The image of the face mm-hmm. paint and so on, for them to use it with the demon character. And the promise was also made that the demon will wrestle in a main event match. This was also written into the contract by Gene Simmons and Eric Bischoff and so on. However, Dale Torborg, Dale Torborg ended up taking over as the demon. He was, was not most, the most experienced. And to be fair to him, he's done brilliant in his life since he's involved in baseball, his conditioning coach and so on. He's done really well for himself. (laughs) So good luck to the guy. And you see him in interviews. He's a lovely fella, but this gimmick just sank straight away. There was supposed to be a pay-per-view on New Year's Eve, which quickly got canned because that was supposed to be the debut of, of the demon. Originally that got shuffled around when Bischoff left the company, the demon lost his very first match to an aging Terry Funk. Uh, and it was basically seen as a way of laughing at Bischoff at times to have the demon lose matches over and over again on WCW television. The idea, I suppose, in practice, I can kind of see the logic behind it. But this is 1999. This isn't 1979. Kiss aren't as big as they once were. I mean, they mm-hmm. did their reunion tour in 96 and it literally fell off a cliff in 97. So this is not Kiss in a very good time of their careers anyway. The legality went back and forth. There was all sorts of contractual issues. Eventually, they put they put the demon in a special main event match, and he wrestled fourth on the show because that's where all main events are, obviously on a pay per view, and lost the wall in a couple of minutes just to tick the box of having him in a main event. Oof. Oh my goodness! Such a in theory, I suppose on paper might look like a good idea, but in execution, 
this was shockingly bad. So going into the Hall of Lame yeah. from me this week, Maxi, is the Kiss Demon on WCW. A, a great, great pick. And it was, I mean, I, I credit Eric Bischoff for, for kind of using mainstream media um, to WCW's benefit. A lot of the times it worked, he, he pulled it off. This didn't work. This didn't work at all. Um, yeah. And like I said, KISS weren't as popular uh, as as they had been in, in, in their history before. This, the the poor Dale Torborg just wasn't the, the wrestler for this gimmick. He didn't have the charisma to pull it off. He was green as, as goo shit. No. Yeah, it was just, it was just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, not a good look, mate. Not a good look. So there we go. Our Hall of Lame entrance this week. Farty, farty, natty and the Kiss Demon. Two completely different characters, but equally as freaking lame. Yeah, absolutely. Bye-bye. Should we jump into the chat, Magsy? Have a little look at what we've got there before we get on to our non-wrestling topic this week. We, we shall, and you try and sort out that lag. So the, am I lagging now? The, am I? Oh, God. You're a, little, a, a few seconds, but we've managed with worse before. Um, yeah, a lot, uh, a lot going on in the chat. Uh, Connor said he's been celebrating uh, with cookouts. Uh, yeah, um, happy Independence Day to you, sir. Um, Matt um, saying that Liv uh, got the recognition she deserved. Uh, Dan is not happy at Austin Theory. Um, a lot of congratulations for you uh, with your podcast oh, news. Thank you. thank you very much. Yeah, no, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, know how saying you should call your network the S team. Ha <laughs> <laughs> um, Nishka angling for a, a, a job uh, on your network. Says once a year, that's what you'll get. He's a busy man scratching his balls. Um, hey, once a year is good enough. And Dan Griffin saying, SJPW Mania is running wild. Bracket soon. Uh, Connor saying how proud uh, he, he is of you. Dan wants a We Woo Beat Bop t-shirt. Um, and I think it may be for Fitch, uh, according right. to Morte. Welcome in, Morte. Um, nice to see you, sir. Um, so, yeah, Nish, uh, Ryan saying that he's willing to help other people with their podcasting needs as long as he doesn't have to promote his own. <laughs> That's fine. Fair um, <laughs> a lot of uh, hate for uh, for, <laughs> for Talia Nardhart, Natalia Nardfart, um, uh, Matt Booth's uh, Loves Farts, according to Ryan. Um, should have come to mind about three hours after I've been to the gym. Jim, what is this Jim you speak of? Absolutely brilliant. Um, Barry Windham is the first ballot Hall of Famer. Hall of Lamer, apologies, not Hall of Famer, definitely not Hall of Famer. And if you put three count in there, Tank Abbott will kick the fuck out of you. Uh, I think that's <laughs> to, to the Kiss Demon. Uh, the reveal of the Kiss Demon was uh, the lowest rated segment of the Monday Night Wars. Yeah, I saw... Uh, uh, a video uh, that had like the worst gimmicks and and it said that how badly that gimmick went over um yeah. he got uh he got a little reaction when he rocked up on on impact uh and it, has he been on impact yeah he did he, um he retired 
I wanted to retire 2003, maybe something like that. <laughs> but he, yeah, no, he didn't take up. He had an opportunity to go and have a tryout for the WWE, but he didn't take it up. So mm-hmm. I think it was around that sort of time. Okay, that's fair. Um, Dan saying every time the demon appeared, they had to pay Gene Simmons, and so many booking combos trotted it out to take the piss out of Bischoff, but ultimately shot WCW in the foot. Yep. Um, Kiss Demon would have been a great WCW toy. Absolutely no, it would not. Uh, no how saying, um, it's generally great to see you uh, so happy and living your best life, mate. Thank you. Look at that, Neil, a lot of love for I you think. today. Neil. Oh yeah, you, you were saying yeah, you were saying that you think it's Neil. Yeah, fairly um, certain. Fairly certain. Dan Griffin saying, I'm not buying anything for Fitch, he wastes his money on car wax and dildo nose dodos. Brilliant. Um so Dildo nose yeah, dodos. I didn't know they were even a thing. No, no, but hey, sounds easy to market, doesn't it? A name like that. So there we it go. Certainly does. Multi use dodos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, shall we jump to Twitter at Magsy before my internet shits the bed again and it all goes pear shaped and I have to disappear? Let's do it. NWT time. Oh! No wrestling talk here. It's the non wrestling topic. Lovely. Nice. Lovely. Nice. Oh, lovely. Lovely. <laughs> Right, basically, this week's non-wrestling topic, we spoke of uh, being patriotic, I guess. Whether you are patriotic or not, what makes you feel patriotic for any particular reason. Uh, Or because it is July 4th and, you know, USA, USA and all that stuff. We had Wales, apparently. And and Wales, yeah. I was just trying to track anything up there, you know, and I thought, well, we've got some Welsh people who listen, haven't we? Maybe one. One, maybe two. <laughs> yeah, well, that's enough then. So there you go. Nice little dragon for you, fellas. All right. So um, <laughs> uh, I literally in the order they came into us, which doesn't help you there at all, Matthew, I know. It'd be all over the place, mate. All over the place. But yeah, I got mostly on Twitter, two at the very end via WhatsApp. But I will just run through here. So with regards to feeling patriotic, uh, at Five Nerds Go, we have here. Uh, the rugby when they sing Jerusalem because it's better than the national anthem. Yeah, that gets me as well. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's good um, Walked down the mall once and that was lovely. Okay. Don't quite gar- grasp that one. Um, okay. And also feeling patriotic whilst cracking one out to the Duchess of Cambridge. <laughs> <laughs> Firing off some patriotic oh. knuckle children. Oh, dear me. Oh, dear. Tyler Peters at Dustin Tyler 86 on Twitter. He says military themed events make him feel very patriotic. Uh, and they do get a great deal of those over in the States, don't they? Military themed <laughs> events and so on. So they have a lot of military based days as well, don't they? Um, like holidays. Mm, yeah, like loads and loads. Like effectively, what we have as bank holidays, I suppose, isn't it? They have like, mm-hmm. it seems like every other week they have a day off or something. Yeah. <laughs> Labor Day, President's Day. Yeah. 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 We should get, we should start getting in on that, I think. You know, we what, should get, we Prime should Minister Day. Day. Prime Minister Day, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, Sharon's saying that buffering on there. Is that me, is it? Yep, oh, it is. Me. 
for goodness sake. I do apologise to everyone out there. This is driving me as badly as I can imagine it's driving And me. this is a guy running his own network soon, folks. Hey, don't Jesus you worry about that. <laughs> don't you worry about that. That's all going to be... Don't you worry about, worry about that. <laughs> Dan Griffin, at Dan Griffin 21 he says, Nothing makes me feel patriotic, really, anymore. This country is an is such a shit heap run by bastards. It's difficult to be infused. However, sport success usually does it. Although that's more allegiance to the team rather than the nation. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people feel like that, especially over the last few years where um, Britain has gone to hell in a handbasket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair shite, fair shite. Uh, Morty, at MortyJR5 on Twitter, he says, this is a tough one. A lot embarrasses me about England. I don't know if it's patriotic per se, but I'm very proud of the NHS. Oh, and bacon. No country does bacon like England, and they're all missing out. Yeah, fair um, enough, mate. Isn't most English bacon sourced from Denmark? Yeah, but they don't cook it like us, mate. We we cook the best bacon. <laughs> in, in dripping. We cook yeah. it in beef dripping. Yeah, no, exactly, mate. A good old English fryer. <laughs> can't beat that, pal. Can't beat that. I had a fryer this afternoon. I made a fryer for me and the wife and the kids. Banging. Oh, a Monday fry up, you maverick. Yeah. Oh, mate. Living on the edge, I am. Living on the edge. Ah, uh, Connor Knows Soccer at Connor Knows Footy on Twitter. He says, watching Team USA play in an international match, rather if it's a tournament or a friendly match, when they take to the pitch, there's always a sense of American pride for me. Yeah. I get that. I get that. And I, I think have... um, a lot of Americans are are incredibly patriotic about their national sides, no mm. matter what sport. Yeah, I used to have that feeling with regards to the England team when I was younger, and then for a mm. long time I was just like, okay, tournaments come around, I'd watch, I'd cheer. obviously I'd want them to win, but you know, it was just embarrassing sometimes, especially how other fans would talk, you know. Mm-hmm. But then we had a couple of good tournaments recently. But again, you have this Nations League. It's just I'm just not arsed, mate. Yeah, um, I saw, I think, one of the Nations League. And then, yeah, it was... You could see that the team couldn't give a shit about it. So why should the, why should the fans... It was, it was, it's clearly a, a money-making scheme rather than something to be proud of if your nation wins. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, Danny, at Scottish Juggalo on Twitter... He says here, this confused me a little bit, Magsy, because obviously he's from Kent, isn't he? But he says here, <laughs> as a kid, the Highlanders were my favourite raw tag team. Until they showed, up on, they showed up on natural, uh, oh no, Impact, didn't they? And then got sacked. Yeah. The, it was the one of them when he took his kid, I think, wasn't it, to watch an Impact was show it, or something like was, that? Was one of them, was he called Rory or Robbie? Yeah. I've been so. Robbie. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. Uh, he says he's watched one. Rangers versus Celtic game, and he's going back to Scotland in August for a holiday. Does this count? Yeah, I suppose. It, you know, I thought going, from going Kent, to but... Scotland for a holiday. Jesus Christ! That's it's, that's yeah. when you're that's when you're on the bones of your ass when uh, Scotland is a holiday. It's, um, you know, everyone goes where. Don't get me wrong. Even when in the summer, it's it's cold up there, isn't it? They, their summer lasts like twenty minutes, I think, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, been and gone. It's already been and gone. <laughs> yeah. Uh good guy Dave on Twitter at Dave Pozewski. Apologies Dave if I'm, yeah. yeah, apologies if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. I am sorry. Uh movies gets him feeling patriotic and he did attach a clip 
of Mr. Smith Goes to Washington speech, which I have not seen. So I'm going to have to check this film out and see what it's all about. But are you aware of this one, Maxie? And I know the film, yeah. Uh, I prefer The Simpsons, um, Mickey take of it when Homer goes in the middle of the, the court and starts spinning around like um, on it. He kind of lies on his side and kicks his legs and starts spinning around. But yeah, I know of it. Oh, okay. I'm not familiar. I'm going to have to check it out. Uh, Rob You will here never was... watch it. I probably won't. I'm going to, literally, within 10 minutes, I'm going to have forgotten we've had this conversation. <laughs> it, that's just the way it works. Uh, at UTT Rob on Twitter, he responded to Dan Griffin saying he would say spot on or snap on national patriotism. Sorry. But once you've seen Huddersfield Town, international football, international football loses all its gloss. Yorkshire patriotism, now that's a whole different kettle of fish. Yeah. And then York- Dan responds, oh yeah, Yorkshire pride is unquestionable. If Scotland get independence, I want us to follow suit. So Yorkshire would be its own country. I mean, I, as someone from Lancashire and with a very historical hatred of, of, uh, of Yorkshire, I'd happily let them go. Uh, Millwall Chris at Millwall Chris 1 it seems nowadays that we should be ashamed of being English I love our national anthem I love our sport I love our humour find me a country with better comedy than us and I'll find you someone who thinks R. Kelly would make a great babysitter (laughs) Jesus oh dear me Uh, uh, Chris continues don't get me wrong there's quite a few things I don't like about our country but it's still our country when it comes to sport whether it's football Olympics I know it's Britain in the Olympics he says here tiddlywinks chess whatever it is I'm backing us it does tend to be with sports I suppose that that gets people now fired up doesn't it Max yeah uh, especially in Britain we're a very um, sport centric country um, very um, proud of the 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 achievements that our little island have been able to to do so and also chris he does give off millwall vibes very edl-esque almost so uh but yeah great some great picks there by chris yeah yeah definitely uh at radio techers not feeling so patriotic fisher because well just look at the news from last month yeah he comes from and, the states i can appreciate where he's coming from with that one and Especially, it comes from Texas, who uh, um, mm-hmm. are definitely not not doing the best in terms of uh, uh, no. their politicians. Plus, the whole uh, uh, anti-abortion thing that's going on, uh, the stuff with Trump and the the the, the stolen election. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't blame him for not feeling too patriotic. No, no, I agree. Um, MGB Graham on Twitter. He just says my initials. I suppose GB. Yeah, fair play. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, good cop, bad nah. cop. Wrestling podcast. <laughs> now this could be so Matt or Graham. I assume it's Graham. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think so. He says here, I love to hear the Star Spangled Banner or O Canada sung at sporting events when in the USA or Canada. Fair enough. Those are proper anthems as well, though, aren't they? The, well, yeah, the national anthems. They're so yeah, good that they made know. them national. 
No, knobhead. That's not what I mean. They're proper, like ours, don't get me wrong, it's our national anthem and you stand there and you, you sing it out with the football and all that sort of stuff. But it's dreary and depressing, isn't it? Let's be honest. It's, it's a bit of a drudge, you know? Is it? I, I reckon. I don't, I don't share that sentiment at all. Do you not? Okay. I, I think, I, no. you know, something like, this is like Rule Britannia or something. That's a bit more upbeat, a bit more, you know. Okay. That's, I suppose, but... What's wrong with God Save the Queen? Well, no, I'm, I'm not saying there's anything specifically wrong with it. I'm just saying I think there are better options. You listen to other countries' national anthems, it's a bit more like, you know, rousing. Ours is just a bit... Uh... So what, what are you suggesting? That we make a, a law to switch to Vindaloo for our national anthem? Well, no, not Vindaloo, but, you know... Three maybe Lions. Some, maybe some mid-90s techno or something. What about G to G who are just a little bit? Yeah, that'd work. Went into Eurovision. <laughs> that, would, that would actually, oh, that would be a brilliant national anthem, actually. <laughs> Stood on your hand on your chest. Who are just a little bit? Who are. <laughs> oh, Christopher Lewis on Twitter, at ChrisLewis37. He says, for me, the iconic sites in London, Buckingham Palace, Big Ben, etc., but most of all, the 2012 Olympic Park takes me mm-hmm. back to when I was one of the volunteer games makers and we helped put on a bloody good show and welcomed the world to the London 2012 Games. That place, We'd... the Olympic Park, is amazing. Yeah, it is. Uh, and it's things like that, that, that even when Britain um, is not in the, the, the best place uh, in terms of uh, how they're viewed in the world, the way we knocked out the park for for the Olympics, uh, and every time we hold like a a World Cup or a, or a Commonwealth Games, we really go all out. So yeah, that that's definitely something we should be proud of. Yeah, that that stadium. I saw Guns N' Roses there, and honestly, that stadium's amazing. It's so good. Mm-hmm. The bar staff, different story, but that's a story for another time. Um, Steve-O, at Total Steve-O on Twitter. And there's quite a bit here, so I will read through it, uh, just continuing on tweet by tweet as normal. He says, I'm not patriotic at all, to be honest. There's Good nothing I Great start. I'm... Yeah, yeah, that's exactly the sort of thing we need to hear. Our topic <laughs> is about being patriotic, and we start off with, I'm not patriotic at all. Brilliant. Um, there's nothing I feel I should be patriotic... Sorry. There's nothing I feel I should be patriotic at all. However... I am a mark for the old 60s, 70s, World War II films. And Longest Day, Bridge Too Far, do pull at the heartstrings. Especially the music at the end. It encapsulates the mood. And makes me feel proud to be British. But as Carl Pilkinson once said, it was different back then. In it together. That's why I fucking hate the majority of people. (laughs) Doesn't doesn't help that I work in retail. Uh, and especially this social media bullshit day and age. Bunch of self-entitled pieces of shit. <laughs> Why on earth I feel proud of this planet, let alone this country? Actually, as I write, another film where it gets emotional, patriotic, and very powerful scene is in Zulu, when they sing Men of Harlech. Is that how you say that? Yep, Harlech. Yeah. It genuinely hits me hard. And he's included a link to it as well. So I'll retweet that from the... Uh, chain wrestling twitter account at chain underscore wrestling if you want to go and check that out steve-o for prime minister dan griffin says in the back there excellent he's got about as much patriotism patriotism as boris johnson anyway 
Yeah. Um, so in a in a day where we are celebrating being proud of your nation, Steve or just one eight is it and just says there's fuck all to be proud of if this not only of the nation but the world. Yeah, <laughs> the whole planet is full of yeah. bastards. <laughs> <laughs> You're just an absolute Brilliant. shower of thunder bastards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, James at 80s and 90s wrestling. He says, when people call Wolverhampton a shithole, it pisses me off. Well, Steve-O's gone a little bit broader than that. He's talking about yeah, the whole planet. the world. <laughs> the planet's a shithole. <laughs> uh, we know it's a shithole, but it's our shithole, James says. I back England in sporting events, but that's as far as it goes for me being proud of being English. How Jerusalem is belted out before England test matches gives a buzz. Uh, when he says test matches, I'm assuming he, that, that's cricket, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Because I know there's rugby test matches as well, isn't there? But that's yeah, different. Yeah, I mean, it'd be rugby as well. Oh, okay. They sing it there as well, don't they? Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know, so... I don't know. I never enjoyed either of those games. But, I mean, each to their own, but it was never, never something I got into, so... Oh, how can you not like cricket? Cricket is awesome. Nah, uh, I... No, I'll tell you what, that 100 that was on last year, yeah. that me and Sharon got into, and we actually turned the football over to watch the end of some of that, that that got really good. Like when there was like 10 balls left and they were 15 runs behind or whatever, that was exciting. But this yeah. playing bloody six matches and each match takes fucking nine months and they rumble on and they draw five each anyway. Bollocks, man. That's a load of rubbish. Oof. what's that boofy cricket is for people who go dogging oh okay good to know and, uh, <laughs> that, that's and i've just admitted to lacking cricket that's awkward um connor saying cricket is a poor man's baseball and cricket is immense see well it's it's it must be a northern thing even though a lot of southern counties are pretty good it's very much a northern thing going out on the lash and watching some cricket is uh is a cracking day out yeah but that's the thing isn't it right the cricket is i think for a lot of people for me especially I, i've been to uh to a cricket festival at cheltenham and it was literally a day on the lash and that's fine and i think that's a very english thing as well just a day on the piss just getting you know, pissed I, up <laughs> yeah and i think the cricket was was for me and the people i was with the cricket was very much secondary to the to the actual drinking the drinking was the priority well yeah i mean that does make sense but you can also enjoy the cricket i suppose <laughs> yeah i mean like, i watched i don't know 10 minutes maybe it was all right good the yeah, the faster right. uh the faster pace games like the 2020 big bash uh and the the 100 uh they're they're really exciting they are really yeah. exciting I, I can see good, i did enjoy that yeah i can see why uh test cricket can be hard to get into um but it is it's more of a a chess match compared to like the the uh the checkers of uh of the short form game mm. yeah okay fair enough uh the last two i have magazine are via whatsapp my friend so don't worry about trying to find these the first one comes from our good buddy matt willis who we recently recorded an episode of the doctor who pod with which will be with you in a few weeks time on the sjp world media network of course and then uh, we were cheap talking plug. about john oh yeah mate i'm all about the cheap plug honestly all about the cheap plug people need to get used to it because it's going to keep happening um matt says here patriotic non-wrestling topic there's a few things which make me feel patriotic the national team always makes me proud it doesn't always make me proud you know i cheer them on 
don't always make me proud though, because <laughs> let's be honest, there are occasions where they are fucking dire. Uh, it is a fantastic anthem. Listen to the fans drowning out Paul Young at Wembley in 1996, for example. Okay. Uh, every time I've visited Wembley, I get that feeling of English pride. Yeah. Okay. It's a wonderful stadium, as is Silverstone, the home of international motorsport. Very awesome that we held the 70th anniversary Grand Prix at the track. In addition to the British Grand Prix, we also boast the most F1 world champions as well with 10 and there's a list of names here that most of them have no idea who they are um but the most patriotic i felt in recent times was last summer matt says covering the year delay the year delay euros alongside tanner and his lordship mags without a shadow of a doubt following england's journey to the final from the nil nil against scotland to the two nil revenge against germany then the four nil demolition of ukraine before the extra time win in the semi against denmark where i cried and then the emotional roller coaster that was the final. We lost, but my God, was I proud to be an Englishman that night. Fair enough. Yeah, it was a great tournament. It was a great tournament. It was. It really, really was. Mm. Had a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. And lastly, and I've saved this one till the end purposely. This is from Charlie, my, my youngest daughter. She says, pride about being British, stroke English. She likes a chippy tea and a nice cup of tea. Yeah, that's definitely my little girl. That's amazing. What what a great great thing to be proud of. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's my little girl. Well done, Charlie. Well done. Uh, What about you, Magsy mate? Yo, I'm. I wouldn't say I'm the most patriotic person. I kind of do share a lot of. sympathies with steve i do think people are a bunch of bastards most of the time uh but i do also think that we are such a small country in the grand scheme of the world um a, a tiny island and yet we've led the led the world in so many different fields like in in uh things like education uh, national health, um, a lot of sport. I mean, we we ran the British Empire. Yeah, it was a uh, very sketchy and uh, very based on uh, mm-hmm. uh, taking over uh, countries that maybe we shouldn't have had any involvement in. But as a small country who are trapped on an island, for us to be such a force in the world, that is something to to be quite proud of. Uh, but. Yeah, I think things like the NHS, I mean, that is as much as our politicians try and deride it and try and uh, uh, get rid of it, it's looked at as as uh, absolutely amazing from uh, a lot of the rest of the world. So uh, I think sometimes it's, especially over the last few years, it's easy to uh, put down the fact that we're British. But I do think we have a, quite a lot that we can, can be proud of. Yeah, okay. Oh, I agree, mate. I agree. That, I mean... Something that was on telly the other day really, you know, really makes me smile. And that's the beginning, you know, like the old Bond films. And you have the beginning bit of the Bond film before the main theme plays. Okay. And the yeah. spy who loved me was on. So it was the whole skiing scene. And he's, it's just ridiculous. He's in bright yellow. He's skiing backwards, shooting, and all this sort of stuff. Then he flies off the edge of this big cliff, I, I suppose, this big, uh, mountain side and it looks like he's going to die his skis are coming off and all this and then (laughs) 
opens and his 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 parachute is a Union Jack and they play the Bond music and he floats away. That, that gets me. Yeah, that's a good one. That gets me because it's just silly, but I love it. It's brilliant. You know, uh, you mentioned about England being a tiny little island. I think our football pyramid system is something we should be really proud of. There's over a hundred <laughs> professional football clubs in this tiny little island, and you look at places as vast as. I don't know, Brazil, the United States, Germany, uh, Russia, all these massive, vast countries who also play football. Yes, granted, for some of them, they've only, they're not in it as, as long or been interested in it as long as potentially, say, other countries. But it's all these vast, huge you know, countries. They don't support anywhere near as many fully professional <laughs> football clubs or even amateur clubs uh, as we do. And I think that's what we should be really proud of. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay. Well, that's kind of all I got, Max. Because you're not that patriotic at all. Well, no, I mean, I am. I, I am. Again, uh, uh, England in the tournament, signed. But I'm old enough to have watched so many tournaments where they're just bloody embarrassing. You know, <laughs> it's just, oh, God's sake, you know. Um, but yeah, that's kind of it, really, for me. I, I don't really follow rugby. I don't really follow cricket. So it's it's difficult for me to make that link with other sports, I suppose. I mean, you don't just have to be proud of sports. No, true. I mean, I'm proud of our music. We've made, we've had some there fantastic music acts, you know? You, so you look at there the you Beatles, go. Stones, Oasis, and, and, you know, we invented heavy metal for crying out loud. You know, yeah. Black Sabbath, Iron Maiden, all these, all these acts. Yeah, I'm proud of that, I guess, yeah. So there you go. You found... Your niche of patriotism. There we go. And I make that makes me happy. That makes me happy. Ah, oh, so there, Magsy. Should we just talk a bit of wrestling, mate? Let me get the video up. Yes, we shall. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Magsy, you won the poll again. I know. What's what is wrong with people? Voting for March. I, w- I mean, to be fair, they were two great picks. Uh, they were, and Mike was shite. Well, <laughs> I'm trying to trying to bull you up on the day you re- released news of your new network, and you're just self-deprecating. No, I mean the 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 pick that won. Uh, it's been on a poll before, uh, and it and it and it lost. And it's a match that we definitely needed to cover at some time, um, it, just because of its importance to to the world of wrestling. Yeah, exactly, mate, exactly. Uh, the, the selection that won the poll was Magsy's selection, as I said, and it was, um, what, the goings-on, shall we say, with regards to Bill Goldberg, the Georgia Dome, Monday Nitro, the 6th of July, 1998. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this, I suppose, to set the scene, this began... What would it be? Four or five days previous on Thunder, JJ Dillon. On the Thunder, announces, yeah. yeah. Thunder. JJ Dillon announces that Hogan will have to defend the world title against the man he believes is the number one contender, and that is the unbeaten Bill, Bill Goldberg. Goldberg. That's it. And the crowd go batshit crazy as they should. Because, but I mean, I think this is quite important as well that people people check out this kind of well, this Nitro especially is 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 a good insight as to what was going on at the time. Because it's very easy for fans to forget just how hot WCW was for a period. And it's easy to forget just how great Bill Goldberg was for a time. Mm-hmm. Especially in now, 
because you have Bill Goldberg coming back in his 50s, wrestling these Saudi matches, nearly killing The Undertaker, looking not, not looking how uh, this monster-killing machine should look. So younger fans who haven't seen Bill Goldberg in 1998 really need to go and check this out. I really suggest going <laughs> and watching this episode of Nitro because it was a phenomenon, wasn't it, Max? It was like it was just this huge swelling of support for this guy who only really had like five moves. Yeah. Um, and, and they're only really coming on the scene. I think they mentioned it uh, a couple of times on in, throughout the show, like the set, the previous September. So he'd only been wrestling uh, on TV for about 10 months. So very much in almost the, the Kurt Angle mold of, of how he, he took to wrestling. And yeah, he, he's never, he was never going to be a technical Marvel. That wasn't his wheelhouse. He was getting hit these four or five moves of doom and get out. And that's how he got in uh, 10 months to a uh, hundred and five and all or 106 and all, whatever it was, he was going into the show, but the crowd, loved him he was certainly he was wcw's version of stone Cold steve austin and not just in in looks and, and appearance but just in how much the crowd were behind him yeah there was this aura wasn't there and it was mm-hmm. and it is the power moves it, it, it was, he was a killer he'd come out destroy someone in 90 seconds walk mm-hmm. off again and he didn't speak for a while after his debut either yeah they try and get interviews with him for the first few weeks and he just blank mean gene and stuff he just wouldn't you know, wouldn't and that kind of added to it, I think, as well. He was just this guy in black trunks, black boots, would come out, destroy people with incredible power moves, and then just walk off again. And it was like, why? Who who is this guy? Yeah, Eventually the, he went on sorry. I was just gonna say the wrestling, uh, especially in the in the uh in the first say hundred or so matches, was irrelevant. The wrestling mm-hmm. uh was that was just the acid on the cake. The his all aura, his all kind of entourage walking to the ring, the breathing in the uh, the pyro smoke and blowing it out, looking like a dragon. Um, the 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 screaming and sticking his tongue out. That was the Goldberg that everyone came to. He just so happens he spent ninety seconds or so beating the living piss out of someone to walk back out. Um, it was very rinse and repeat he only had to do the same that same thing over and over again and the crowd ate it up the fans ate it up and he he was huge it's it's we now see goldberg as uh someone who we groan we roll our eyes back when we see goldberg's coming back again oh they're gonna take the title off someone to give him but go back to 97 98 and he was arguably the hottest wrestler in the world um, yeah I agree. I agree. It, um, again, this Nitro really sort of, it's almost like a time capsule to, to basically back up everything you've just said, Max. We have, we have the NWO initially starting the show, don't we? Hogan out there with Bischoff and so on. And Hogan is saying, it doesn't matter what JJ Dillon had to say. He's not going to wrestle Goldberg. That match is not going to happen. And then he kind of says, oh, it will happen if you can beat somebody else. I mean, it's a rambling promo. Yeah, it's just a rambling Hogan promo again. And it's kind of, it's more interesting watching people throw crap in the ring and just the whole attitude of the NWO than really listening to what he has to say, I think. Yeah, and he he was getting the reaction that he wanted. Yeah, it it was, this was... Oh, it was arguably worse promos than his his cocaine fueled um, 
Americana promos. He, mm-hmm. he, it was basic. It was uh, slating the fans, um, saying that Goldberg only had a couple of fans, up, but they all had speakerphone, stuff like that. It was very rudimentary, but it got the reaction that it needed. It got the, the, the crowd hot because they were calling his boy, their boy, yeah. their hometown hero. Uh, and you've got a stadium full of people on four days notice bear in mind four days we can't stress that enough that this wasn't built for months and months this was announced four days before and you have a packed out home crowd stadium for this yeah. amazing yeah totally it was incredible and the, and the crowd it, this nitro in the in the georgia it looks amazing because the crowd the signs everything about it is super and you get these sweeping camera shots from from the top right the way around the the higher, I suppose, the cheap seats would be the phrase when it used sometimes. The nosebleeds. Yeah, sweeping around all these youngsters wearing then WO shirts, holding up Goldberg signs and all this sort of stuff. Absolutely fantastic visual. We then get Scott Hall arrive at the arena, who is the, the NWO brother that Hogan has said that Goldberg has to go through first. <laughs> now, I can't quite put my finger on what it is, but something's not quite right here. Is Hall pissed? Because it... Well, he's, he'd, he been, he'd been off TV. He'd been off TV for, what, I think four months. Um, oh. When he got out of that, uh, the limo, essentially feet first, he did look pissed. And again, we got another kind of rambling um, promo where the camera kind of stayed on too long. Um, yeah. Hall, um, um, too sweet and all, all the rest of the, the NWO Hollywood, apart from... Uh, Vincent, who got pad, which I thought was absolutely fucking hilarious. Uh, but yeah, another kind of rambling promo. Um, yeah, Hall didn't look in the best condition. Uh, no. looked, he looked like he was struggling with his own kiss demons. Yes, yes. And obviously, Hall is the guy who, who Goldberg has to face, as I said. And then their match... <sighs> That match is messy as well, isn't it? And in in <laughs> a, a contest like this, it's obvious that Scott Hall is the guy who would guide Goldberg through the match. He would yeah. be the one calling the match. He'd be the one you know, timing the contest and so on. But it's it's all over the place. I mean, there's um, there's not much in this match to discuss. It's over relatively quickly. But we have mm-hmm. a few brilliant arm drags by Goldberg. They looked great. But then we have Add, some adding to his six moves of doom. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then we had a, a weird kind of miscommunication when there were, somebody was sent towards the ropes to basically run the ropes and, and Scott Hall kind of just hit the ropes rather than bounced off them and returned. And it was just a mess, Max, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I think you're right. I think Scott was uh, not in the best of shape and Goldberg was still, even though he was... He was uh, he, he was in the position that he was. He still needed leading in the ring. Uh, and Hall just wasn't that person to do it this time. And you're right, did, it looked very, very messy. Um, we did see a lot of kind of like uh, stalling and time wasting with Hall going out to uh, the ring. But it did what it needed to do. Uh, Hogan put this kind of obstacle in, uh, in Goldberg's way. Uh, and Goldberg easily beat it uh what what kind of does get glossed over in this whole kind of goldberg's rise to to winning the the world title is how much uh ddp and carl malone helped him throughout yeah. throughout this whole show uh because 
as we know with NWO, when things aren't going quite the way, out come the troops. And this happens uh, in, essentially in both matches. Um, but in, in this first one, we see, I think it's uh, the Disciple, we see Kurt Henning, we see uh, Vincent come out, and they get levelled with uh, chairs by DDP and Carl Malone, um, which... Um, essentially sets up the the finish we see goldberg um get uh get uh stun gunned on the ropes um then close land which showed he had um he could be taken off his feet which is something that we hadn't seen a lot of um no that's right then we we see uh hall attempting to go to for the outsider's edge uh but uh goldberg is able to get out of it spear jackhammer and the crowd erupt because they know now that in less than an hour's time we're going to see hogan versus goldberg that crowd i mean the crowd are wild and imagine for those who haven't seen it imagine hogan rock at wrestlemania 18 that's the levels i'm looking at here with, with regards to this this crowd this huge dome of sixty thousand people in goldberg's hometown and hogan <laughs> was so hated i mean when when Scott Hall is going for the outsider's edge, as it's called here, it's the razor's edge as we knew it previously, isn't it? And you can imagine, you know, it's, it's the head between the legs, almost pile driver-esque position. And Goldberg simply just stands up and backdrops him. The crowd go batshit crazy just for that counter. There's just a massive reaction. It's like he's won the match there and then, but obviously he then hits yeah. the spear and the jackhammer and so on. It's insane, isn't it, this crowd, Max? It is. It's um, it's a hometown crowd done right. We see, uh, in, especially in, in uh, modern day WWE, uh, a hometown crowd usually means the the the, the wrestler who's uh, who's come home is going to lose or get embarrassed. We've seen it with uh, with Jr. joining the Kiss My Ass Club uh, in his hometown stuff like that. But this was a hometown crowd done right. They played up. To, to that crowd there, Meg Goldberg. I mean, he was a monster anyway, but they made him look unbeatable. Uh, and yeah, that crowd were eating up everything that uh, Goldberg threw at him. Yeah, uh, just brilliant stuff. Uh, that, that takes us to the main event, which is now, as, as you said, Magsy, everyone knows it's going to be Goldberg facing Hogan for the world title. Two of the nicest looking belts going. I mean, we should mention as well, Goldberg at this stage is the United States champion. And he's got that really cool US title that I always kind of link with Rick Rude from the early 90s, really. Yeah. With the little American flag on and, and the wings and just looks amazing. And then you've got the big gold belt that Hogan is wearing as the world champion. Two fantastic looking championships, I think. I mean, what are, you are biased, obviously. Yeah, um, yeah, they're, they're not up there uh, in the top five for me, but they're, they are nice looking belts. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the, the NWO spray painted um world title um but i get why it, it was spray painted it was all the whole kind of like um um going up against authority uh but yeah glorious belts yeah absolutely yeah yeah totally and we get the we didn't get it for the whole match but here I've, i just think everything as a presentation is done right here goldberg's entrance he comes to the ring first rightfully so he's the challenger he comes out of his dressing room and uh, people are familiar with it now because they've seen it in WWE and so on. But he comes out of his dressing room and he has walked from his dressing room all the way through backstage with a couple of security guards, which then turns into a few more when they meet a certain party that's also going to escort them. 
and and the commentators are building him up and talking about him as he's walking backstage and he looks amazing he looks like he's just been carved out of stone doesn't he he's just he's just mm -hmm. his body looks incredible he's put together he's got that fantastic united states championship around his belt he's staring in, in, he's got that intense goldberg stare as well he's in he's in the zone so to speak i suppose and he's, he's stomp, stomping towards the entranceway finally steps into the fireworks walks out more fireworks go off stomps down to oh my goodness the the entrance music going everything about it is just perfect for me this is how you you build a babyface challenger to get behind mm -hmm. to me max yeah you're absolutely right he just i think the the best word to describe goldberg was intense mm. when when his music hit you sat up and listened you like you said the you had that entourage come out uh it got bigger and bigger and the walk seemed to take forever going through the 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 georgia dome um and all the way through it gold goldberg is just staring a hole through uh a point just beyond the camera breaks his way to the um to the to the the stage then we we saw in the first uh, the first match in breathing the fire, uh, but I think this second kind of pyro is even better because it engulfs him, and all you can see uh, for a good thirty seconds is the outline of his face, and then when he steps out uh, and the, and the smoke parts and he's breathing it through his nose and looking like a a massive bald headed dragon, yeah, it, it's 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 scary looking, uh, and then he. he uh, the intensity shows just walking to the ring like uh, doing the, the stretching uppercuts uh, and, uh, and the punches yeah he's a, a frightening looking man and um, you you could see why so many fans were drawn to him yeah 100% uh, and I think Hogan here is, is fantastic as well because the, the NWO music to me is really iconic because of what it stands for and that group was so important in WCW and, and in wrestling in general I guess for a certain period of time but Hogan comes out on his own, first of all, which you didn't see very often in this era. It was normally Hogan with such and such. But here he's coming out mm -hmm. on his Todd, playing air guitar on the world title, which, you know, when you see anyone play guitar on a title, for some reason I get a kick out of that. I think it's, I think it's great. And he's got this stupid little bandana thingy on. His tan is way, way, way too intense. Mm -hmm. uh, he's got the cool lightning NWO tights on and the, those cool NWO boots. And, I think obviously the red and yellow Hogan is what got so many people into wrestling as a child. But to me, this is my favorite version of Hulk Hogan. I think. Yeah. Um, it's edgy. It's the, it's, I suppose with, with the red and yellow, it got so stale and even Hogan yeah. realized that, that it had run its course. Um, and t it must be, easily the the biggest heel turn in in the history of wrestling when he when he became a bad guy uh and he for for all his faults for of him as a person of him as a politician uh him as uh someone who used his very limited wrestling skills to to uh be the biggest icon in the sport um you you've got to give him that as a, a businessman he knew how to keep himself relevant and um nwo hogan is it's still up there as iconic yeah yeah without a doubt without a doubt uh, the match itself 
I think, I mean, first of all, we're very critical of Hulk Hogan on this show, and rightfully so. For certain periods of his career, certain actions he has made since retiring as well, and so on. Here, I think Hogan is incredibly unselfish. Giving. I think. The first yeah, thing he that makes, I thought was oh, how giving he was. He makes he makes Goldberg look an absolute monster. So he, mm-hmm. the bump he takes just off a shoulder so, shoulder barge, and then the, the look around of pure fear and shock that he was knocked over like that. The crowd just go wild for. And Hogan is a master at this. He knows exactly what he's doing. The facial expressions are, are ticking the boxes that he wants. He's getting the reactions that he requires. Uh, the whole uh, test the strength that they did as well. Hogan dropping to his knees and screaming and being a- a- unable to match Goldberg for power. Just, oh, I think Hogan here is an absolute star or star maker, shall we say? Yeah, and, and Hogan is renowned for, uh, especially in this period of, of his career, for using that creative control card. Uh, that's not going to work for me, brother. Uh, but when. Uh, when he was willing to work uh, and put someone over, he did it with with everything in him. And he, like you said, he makes Goldberg come out of this looking like a genuine, genuine star. Um, the selling from the moves, uh, some of it is a little bit, um, it's very... 80s Hogan-esque, um, uh, the stuff with the 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 well uh, the weightlifting belt when he whips uh, Goldberg and then Goldberg rips the belt off him. Hogan's like the way that uh, manoeuvres himself into the corner. Very 80s, very overacting, very kind of almost Ric Flair-ish. Um, mm, yeah, but but yeah, he he made every move that Goldberg did look brutal. Um, and even Goldberg, he made Hogan look look really good as well. Uh, there was uh, uh, the point where Hogan was choking Goldberg on the floor, uh, and Goldberg was really, really selling it. So there was a lot of uh, a lot of work between the two, and yeah, it, it made for not a brilliant match in terms of wrestling uh, um, prowess, but a very entertaining match to to watch. And it went by really, really quickly. Uh, I didn't remember it being as short as it is. Yeah, that's something. Well, I, I'm kind of looking at slightly different. I think it it clocks in at about 16 minutes on the network, doesn't it? But that's entrances as well. I think. Yeah, I think there's about eight minutes of wrestling all told. Right. Okay. See, even that seems long to me. I thought it was over much quicker than that. But it, it, Ooh, it, it flew, you know, it, it's weird watching it back because I mean, I had to rewind quite a few times watching it back because I just got engrossed in it. I'll watch this match once or twice a year easily because, again, big WCW Mark and Goldberg for a while was the guy and he or Hogan, I think, is awesome. Just just great. So I'll watch this. And, and the, again, the crowd reactions make it for me. But last time I watched it, I seem to remember it being, I don't know, quicker. I thought he squashed him a lot quicker than this. Okay. I don't, um, I don't know I, why. I, I, I thought it was a little bit longer, uh, knowing like oh, some weird, of the man. some of the the spots in it, and but yeah, uh, for me, it just felt really quick. Mm. I mean, it's a Goldberg match; it's not going to be a twenty-five minute um, or a Broadway. Uh, this was probably the same amount of length as his first ten matches in the company. Um, but yeah, it was it was very entertaining uh, to watch, and like like we said, we we shit on Hogan a lot on this show, but he does do uh, he does make uh, Goldberg look uh, a 
superstar in this. Um, and it kind of uh, starts really kind of coming to a crescendo when we get towards the end. So we see uh, uh, Hogan and Goldberg outside. Hogan picks up a chair. Um, one of the chair shots he hits uh, Goldberg with, it looked pretty brutal. I think it's the second one. The first one is on the back. Then the second one, I think there might be a bit of miscommunication. Goldberg takes half of it on his head, half of it on his arm. Um, but when we get into the ring, we see three leg drops uh, and still can't keep Goldberg down. I mean, you're talking about a move that was untouchable. Uh, the leg drop was the finishing move of, of wrestling um, for Goldberg to, to not even be kept down um, after three is... Yeah, it just shows how how much faith they had in Goldberg. Um, then we see Kurt Henning come down. He gets wailed by DDP and Karl Malone. And Karl Malone actually does a, a damn cut as well on the outside yeah. of the ring, which is, uh, which is uh, pretty awesome. Uh, then that leads to Hogan being uh, essentially being distracted, uh, set up for the, the spear. Uh, Jack Hammer and the the crowd pop not just on the moves but on the setup of the moves when the moves were coming uh, just it for someone who didn't watch WCW um, uh, when it was aired this gave me goose pimples when you when you see Goldberg setting up for the spear and the crowd are erupting when you see him um, signaling for the for the jackhammer um, the crowd just just explode and then he hits it and gets the pin and wow what an eruption yeah you mentioned the leg drops there as well magazine it's something that i want to touch upon because this is this as brilliant as this is all the stuff building up you know you got the the heel promo at the beginning of the show that the fact he's got to get past scott hall then the brilliant setups with the entrances and well actually i say that there was no ring announcer did you notice that um, no, no, I didn't actually notice. No, they just they just came down to the ring to their music and off they went. There was no ring announcement. I find that strange because I was half expecting mm. Michael Buffer, but then when there was no Michael Buffer, I was like, hang on, there's nobody at all. So, but anyway, <clears throat> this it went. Maybe, it went maybe with four days' notice, he'd already had a prayer engagement. Yeah, potentially, potentially. <laughs> it the match has gone. You know, it's it's all going well. It's you know everything's looking good, and then we get the leg drop spot which i think should have been a bigger deal than it was because hogan hits the leg drop i wonder if there was a timing issue maybe because to me hogan hits three leg drops goldberg should kick out of that first of all we should see it on camera typical wcw we've cut the camera to elsewhere and the crowd should go wild to goldberg kicking out but they are distracted by mr Mm -hmm. Mr. perfect coming down so I wonder if there was a bit of a timing issue there, whether Perfect was supposed to come down as a reaction to Goldberg kicking out of the leg drop, potentially? Perhaps. Yeah, perhaps. That's the only. That's my only sort of hang-up with it, I think. But, yeah, I mean, th- th- that Spear-Jackhammer combo, oh, absolutely superb. Just brilliant stuff. And that crowd reaction was insane. So, yeah, just just great stuff, mate. And again, I implore everyone, go back and watch this episode of Nitro. You can skip most of it. Just watch the beginning of Hogan. Anything Hogan, Goldberg, NWO-esque, watch those bits, build up to the main event. It's well worth your time to watch, just for the crowd yeah. and, and everything. But the rest of the, the, the episode is not good. I mean, you've got the Giant versus Jim Duggan. Who wants to watch that? Uh, Public Enemy teaming up with Alex Wright. Um 
yeah, that's not amazing. Um, wow. Then, then the the core main event, Sting and Lex Luger versus Kidman and Sidman. I think that goes about twenty seconds, twenty maybe thirty seconds. Um, oh, and you, you do get a, a sit down interview with Buff Bagwell. Oh, and who doesn't want that in their life? You know. <laughs> oh dear. I suppose then, Mags, we should take a look at our ratings out of ten, buddy. This one's a difficult one for me to call. Because ultimately, I love it, but the in-ring action is very simplistic. What have you got your staff, mate? I agree with you. Uh, I think for what it did for wrestling and how important it was, um, this is huge. But we don't judge it on that. We judge it on on wrestling. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it's... If judging both of the matches together, I think we're getting less than 15 minutes worth of action. Um, Yeah. And we're getting a lot of the same kind of moves in both matches. Um, so in terms of in-ring stuff, it's probably no higher than an actual six. But in terms of what, um, how excited you, you felt watching it, it's probably a nine or, or close to a ten. But yeah, in terms of the in-ring, it's a six. Yeah, I, I, I got six as well. I got six as well. I didn't factor in the hall scott hall goldberg match for some reason i don't know why i just i I know we watched it we said we were going to talk about it on the show i literally just looked at the hogan one but even with the hall stuff as well it doesn't really change my mind a six i think i agree with you on but you're right as that that's as a uh, a wrestling contest bell to bell and so on if you take in the whole thing the build-up the the fact that goldberg is is coming for hogan the title is on the line the the crowd and everything if you take in the whole package rather than just the in-ring content, you're right. To me, this is a nine and a half easily. It was that exciting. But mm-hmm. actually looking at the wrestling content, yeah, a six is fair, I think, my friend. Yep, I agree. Fair enough. I suppose, Magsy, we want to have a quick look at where shall we go next week? Okay. So, um, Pretty simple link for me. Uh, the link is one of the competitors in the match. Um, and nowadays we know of uh, William Goldberg as someone who comes in for two matches a year, gets a massive payday and a title run, and everybody groans um, and is just apathetic to it. But he did have a, um, a run in WWE where people were actually excited to see him. Um, in what was it, two thousand and four ish? He was two thousand three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where he was one of the last of the the WCW uh, stalwarts to to finally jump over. Um, his run didn't last that long though, uh, and by WrestleMania twenty, he was off out of the door, and he was followed by his opponent. Mr. Brock Lesnar. So I want to go and watch the WrestleMania 20 match between Goldberg and Brock Lesnar uh, with Stone Cold Steve Austin, who was the special guest referee. Um, And the first, this was the first time I really kind of understood how 
the internet had started affecting wrestling because all the crowd knew that both these guys were gone after this and they gave these two absolute hell throughout this match so um, I want to go to Wrestlemania 20 uh, to see Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar see that's interesting because I think we're looking at this match here and saying how the crowd made this better than it was the the crowd was so good it made the in-ring quality better than it was I've watched the Goldberg Lesnar match a couple of times not recently but people people shit on it to be honest and I think that they do that because the crowd are so hostile which is something to view in itself that's a reason to watch in itself how hostile the crowd is but what goes on in the in, actually in the ring I don't think is as bad as people remember but it's such an interesting dynamic with Lesnar leaving Goldberg leaving Austin's there the, the crowd are behaving the way they are it's it, it to me it's a really interesting watch mags Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely two wrestlers who knew that this was their last match and they they want to go out without any injuries. So there's a lot of kind of like um, um, slow pace, something you don't really see from other, other wrestlers around this period. Uh, but I just want to re-watch it for, for Lesnar's reaction at the end when, ev- when everyone's giving him loads and loads of shit. Ha <laughs> um, yes. So, yeah, I'll go for that match. Yeah, oh, mate, if that wins, I'd be happy with that because I think there's so much we can dive into with that as well with regards to people's contracts, what they're going to be doing, what they're leaving for, why are they unhappy? I think mm-hmm. there's so much meat on the bone for that topic. That could be really interesting. Uh, I'm going to use the same link, though, my friend. I'm going to use Mr. Goldberg himself, and I'm going to go a little bit further back from where you are you're talking his yeah. last match in WWE. I've actually got written down in front of me uh, his first match in WWE. It's I would like to take a look at when Bill Goldberg, I mean, in the same way we've looked at Goldberg Hall being part of the Goldberg Hogan thing here, I'd like to take a little look at Goldberg's arrival in WWE on on Monday Night Raw, interrupting The Rock, and then Mm -hmm. ultimately the match that they had, Goldberg versus The Rock, at Backlash 2003. Interesting. Really interesting, yeah. I, I remember it being such a massive deal for Goldberg yeah. to be turning up to, to the WWF. It's interesting that we've both gone for that as well. I mean... Bookending his career, a, aren't we? Yeah, pretty pretty much a, a within a year of each other. Uh, and both wanted to focus on his, his first run in the, the, the WWF. Yeah, and we, we think very much alike a lot of the time. It's funny because actually on my notes here, which I won't put to the camera because nobody will be able to read it anyway. It's just a collection of scribbles that I make. I've started just in a little bit of space scribbling other things down because when you started talking about Goldberg in WWE, my mind thought you were going to pick the same match that I've already got. <laughs> so you thought, oh, I need to get a second one. <laughs> yeah, so I frantically started jotting down other options thinking, okay, what was the date of that? Uh, and I couldn't remember, so I can't use that one. So what can I, you know, that sort of thing. But yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. So those are two really, to me, really interesting 
possibilities. As a, as a WCW fan and so on, uh, as a WCW fan, Goldberg coming to WWE was a huge deal for me. But then as a Lesnar fan and a Goldberg fan, then both leaving WWE was also a big deal <laughs> to me. And it kind yeah. of, like we said, it bookends Goldberg's initial run. So I think this is a really, really interesting poll and be very curious to see which way we go. So those are your <laughs> options on the poll this week, which will be at, at chain underscore wrestling on Twitter. Um, hopefully earlier in the week than this week, because I'm not going to lie, I completely forgot. So I apologize. But um, we're going to be looking at one or both of, depending on how the poll goes, Dan Griffin does enjoy a tie. I know that much. We have Goldberg's last match in his initial run versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 20 or Goldberg's first match in his initial WWE run against The Rock at Backlash 2003. Those are your options in the poll. Uh, Vote, retweet, and all that good stuff at chain underscore wrestling when the poll comes up later in the week after the audio version has dropped on Thursday this week, I believe. So there we go. Magsy, we've got a few minutes left, mate. Should we have a, a sort of a last-minute dive through the chat and just have a, have a quick catch-up with everybody before we depart? Yes, let's, sir. Um, scrolling back through. Oh, Graham from Good Cop, Bad Cop uh, is in. Says, happy uh, fourth, y'all. I hope you appreciate me wearing my Murica hat, Graham. I know you're a big, big fan of it. Uh, Scottish Danny says, am I the only one who prefers Goldberg's 2003-2004 theme uh, over his WCW? Um, yes. Yes. Yes, you are, sir. Yes. yes. You Just you. Uh, and he says it was far more heavy and more I'm far more heavy than I was in 2000 as well. <laughs> Brilliant. I can still see the toes in 2000. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, good cop, bad cop. Graham again saying congrats on the half century too, gentlemen. Thank you very Thank much. You, Hogan spent a lot of his time being a basic pro ball bitch. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting, uh, especially seeing some of this uh, NWO stuff, just just how similar his promos were to the ones he did as a as a, a babyface. And I remember watching, um, uh, I think it was a Kevin Nash interview, where he said uh, he absolutely hated the fact that Hogan became the third member because it became the Hulk Hogan show. And he was doing these old meandering promos. Um, and he, he said, he went to Eric and said, look, this isn't going to work. And, and that between the two, they come up with those kind of like, uh, uh, this, this following announcement has been uh, paid for by the end of your, the kind of like cut up vignettes. He says what they actually were, were Hogan ranting and raving on these long, long promos and it being edited down to look fresh and new so uh when you see hogan in the ring and he's still doing those same kind of promos he 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 didn't change his character he just was a bad guy instead of a instead of a face yeah it was really interesting to to look back at um cam griffin anyway though didn't he well yeah he was a cheating bastard look at what he did to poor sid at at the royal rumble yeah babyface hogan was always still raking the eyes and scratching the back and yeah yeah. hitting people with chairs and you know poor sensational sherry he's, he's smacking women around left right and center aren't he back in the 80s <laughs> oh, jesus you know? christ jesus you bastard christ. hogan you bastard yeah so cam griffin uh in the chat uh, in the chat just in time for the, the wrestling i see um Morty said he nearly shat himself as i lifted a unit ready to move it tomorrow and this bang starts uh pissing fireworks 
Um, Vincent always deserved getting mugged off. Yeah, it's, it's so funny to see because it's, it happens like almost off camera, uh, where yeah. everybody's like congratulating Hall on coming back, and everyone's like really missing him, and they're talking about having a party. And uh, Vincent goes in for the half hour, and, and Hall just looks at him and turns away, and he just looks a twat. He looks an <laughs> absolute twat. Um, so Scott Stanley's saying is Vincent the worst member of the NWO? That's actually interesting. So Dan said, I see Vincent and raise you Horace Hogan. Um, and is he worse than the Naz? I mean, the Harris twins. <laughs> oh, Jesus <laughs> wept. Jesus. Uh, uh, Dan says they're all awful, um, but we're overlooking the obvious one. Uh, Jeff Jarrett is the worst member of the NWO. Is he though? Hmm. I don't think NWO 2000 really counts, to be fair. Because to me, it was so bad. It's just not even worth looking at. I th- it, it's got to be Vincent, though, hasn't it? I mean, he was probably the longest in there. As, as, but, it, yeah, it was just... It was, a, it was a play on a joke that ran its course on the same episode that they introduced him. And he just stuck yeah. around <laughs> forever. Oh, dear. <laughs> it was just a, a terrible joke. And they just milked it for all of its worth. Um, mm. Scotty started saying, I'll never forget when Steve or thought Horace's name was Horse on UTT. That was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So now Danny's uh, flipped the table, said, which is the best member of the NWO? It's Kerry Nash, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Okay. See, I, I probably would have gone for importance, I think Hogan, because that turn made it. But I think I, I gotta go Scott Hall. A lot of it was his. A lot of it was his creative. Him debuting was such a big deal, and I think all the big moments in NWO history, I suppose, even though it was only a few years in, in the wrestling business in, in general, they all involved Scott Hall. Hall's debut obviously involved Scott Hall. Nash's debut involved Scott Hall. Power bombing Eric Bischoff. Scott Hall was there. Hogan's debut. Scott Hall was there. I, I think Scott Hall was so important, and he's just so cool. You know, it, it's it, you know, to me, it's Scott Hall. But I, I, I can appreciate there's so much uh, you can put. You can put forward certain members, and there's always you know. I don't think there's any real right or wrong reasons. You know. Yeah, I mean, I, I get your point. In, um, I wasn't looking at it as in terms of importance. I think out of the original three, if you look at importance. Uh, Kevin Nash comes third because you're looking at Scott Hall started the ball rolling and then Hogan made it the the global phenomenon that it was and Kevin Nash he always felt like he was just someone who was along for the ride uh, cooler than the other side of the pillar never really gave uh, two shits was clearly only there for the money and I think that's yeah. why I, I've always liked Kevin Nash because he doesn't he doesn't hold anything back um, he tells it as he sees it and he just He's probably one of the coolest people to ever be in wrestling. Just mm. a natural coolness. He's just a dude, isn't he? He's just a dude. Yeah. I want to give a, sh- a, a mention as well uh, for somebody who potentially gets overlooked a little bit. Eric Bischoff. Now, I'm not putting him. I'm not putting him on the same level as a Hall or a Nash or anything like that. But Bischoff playing that slimy, nasty, horrid heel character, but then. Uh, all, just everything about him was so slimy and gross and nasty, but he did it so well. 
you know, the whole challenging Vince McMahon to a fight and declaring himself a winner when Vince didn't turn up and the, uh, the, all the promos he would cut singing Hogan's praises and all this sort of stuff. I think, I think Bischoff joining the NWO was a big important step as well. And Bischoff's so good <laughs> on the mic, I think that helped with Hogan's ramblings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it was a massive, massive element to it, especially being that kind of authority figure who, I suppose, allowed the NWO to to run roughshod over the, over the company. If it wasn't, he could have been the one the one person that stopped it. But behind the scenes, he was actually controlling controlling the strings. I suppose. Mm-hmm. And we will get to all of that on Nitro Nights with Scottish Danny and I in yes, several several weeks time <laughs> <laughs> so i'll quickly power through some of these others uh other comments benny hello sir how are you um he's saying this place will erupt when he picks him up yeah that the commentary and, and we haven't really spoke about the commentary but uh the bob uh bobby the brain uh in one of those uh rare instances where he's actually uh supporting the 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 face he's really yeah. in Goldberg's corner, uh, and uh, Tony Chivari, um and I think it's Matt Tanay, the the third man, um, really underrated, really kind of helped um, add gravitas to these matches. Uh, so yeah, I've got to give props to, really? to those guys. Yeah, it's a great show, um, uh, Dan Griffin saying uh, Goldberg is uh, insufferable by 1998, and then he says, I'm rolling in with a stinker. Well, yeah, the, the whole point of chain wrestling is not to watch the best wrestling ever all the time, as, as today's match shows. It's to. Maxie, I'll tell to... you what, sorry to interrupt. My wife said exactly the same thing today. We were talking what, I the, said about episode. We, we watched too much good wrestling. Mm, exactly. We need to watch some trap. So that's why you should vote. That's why you should vote for God versus Brock. <laughs> and then after he hears your pick, he says, if there is ever a week for a tar, uh, then, oh. yeah. I mean, it's 25 minutes of wrestling. It's not going to oh. be that long. Um Gilberg for Hall of Fame uh, because Cam wanted a, a Gilberg match. Maybe next week's link. Maybe Gilberg. <laughs> <laughs> and then who would induct Gilberg into the Hall of Fame? Goldberg, <clears throat> obviously. Brilliant. Quite clearly, quite clearly. Um, and apparently, according to Sharon Nash, was a shark stripper. And I think that's the 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 perfect way to wrap this up. It was in Magic Mike, wasn't he? Uh, what I don't know. Just, yeah, the, it was in the film Magic Mike with all the the strippers and all that. <laughs> but this is when his knees were shot, so most of his scenes were filmed of him sitting down. So, so I've been told I've not seen the film. I, no, I <laughs> oh, Magsy, let's get out of here, my friend. Do you want to let everyone know whereabouts they can find you on Twitter and so on? Even though you're still kind of a bit of a recluse and relaxing away in your own world, and rightfully so. Well, I mean, the fact is, they, they can't find me. Because, and I apologise. And I know I have seen the notifications. I think Fitch, uh, Ryan have, have sent messages. I'm just really, really enjoying not being plugged into the social media sphere. Um, uh, for someone who's been on social media for such a long time, it's refreshing to, to have a break. And I'm enjoying being away. Um, but I may eventually come back. And if I do, you can follow me down here. 
at Podfather Mags. Um, or you can follow me on uh, TikTok at Mags All Pods. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much where you'll find me. Other than that, I'll be back here on uh, next Monday with another episode of Chain Wrestling. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Uh, it's quite simple for me this week, mate. Really straightforward. You can find me at SJP Words on Facebook. There's a group, sorry, on Twitter. There is a group on Facebook, SJP, all the shows and info. And then also go and seek out and follow S- at SJP World Media, the network that I'm going to be starting very soon. Um, as I mentioned earlier in the show, the, the support everyone's given me is fantastic. My wife, you, Magsy, Tanner, everyone at Techers. But most importantly, I really want to thank the people who are doing the shows with me. So Scottish Danny, Dan Griffin, Benny Mack, everyone who's involved in stuff that I, that I do. Because if I didn't have, if I didn't have brilliant people hosting with me, you know, like like this, for example, this wouldn't be happening if you weren't my co-host, Magsy. This, if it weren't you and me together, I wouldn't want to do. That. When you were away, we did it for a few weeks. If it was going to continue that way, I'd have knocked it on the head. So the fact that it's me and you is that that's what I mean. That's what makes these shows. I'm really <laughs> lucky to come up with a couple of good ideas and then have brilliant people just being brilliant alongside me and effectively carrying me through certain aspects of certain shows. I really appreciate all of you. It's fantastic. So yeah, that that's great. So go and follow SJP world media on Twitter later in the week. The merch will be out. The, 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 the shows will start being released. Please chuck them a listen, chuck them a retweet. Uh, I appreciate any support anyone can throw my way. So thank you so, so much for that. But yeah, there we go, Mags. Another week in the books, my friend. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And another step towards episode 100. It's exciting. It's exciting. Uh, You're frozen now, or am I frozen? This bloody internet is doing my nut. Are you back? Am I back? Are we both back? Don't get Virgin Me Don't we're both back. Don't get Virgin ah. Media internet, especially if you live in Gloucester. Well no, yeah. It, 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 when they fix it, they make it worse. Dickheads. Magsy, considering it's July 4th, <laughs> I'm off now to go and watch Lex Luger win via count out at SummerSlam 93 and chant USA, USA as the balloons come down, even though he's not the bloody champion. I'll speak to you next week, my friend. 